Hi, this is Rachel Friedman, and you are listening to The Wellness Boss. Look, the entry bar in the coaching industry is really low. So to compete in the coaching industry, you have to be really fucking good at your craft. That's why every week I will be sharing my tips, tools, and stories to help you become the best coach possible for your clients. Truthfully, guys, let's be real. This is the backbone of your business, and it's what's going to make you a sought-after coach with a thriving business. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Wellness Boss. This is episode number 65. Holy smokes. That's a lot of fucking episodes, guys. So thank you so much for coming back every week and continuing to listen. So I hope everyone's coming off a fantastic weekend as every weekend should be. No, just kidding. Life is human, being a human. Some weekends will be great and maybe some won't be. I spent my weekend, the majority of it, watching my daughter play softball. And if you have been in my world for a while, you know we spend a lot of time watching Julia play softball. She plays travel softball, meaning we travel all over the country so she can play. And um, yeah, she wants to do it when she goes to college. So we'll see. But right now we're actually in the high school season and she is on varsity as a sophomore. So yay, Julia. I am so freaking proud of her. And this weekend we had our first high school tournament and the kids they were really amazing. She had two really, really incredible catches in the outfield and they won all but one game. So they ended up coming in second place. Super, super proud mama. So anyways, that's what I did on Saturday. And then Sunday, I just spent it going to the pool, reading my book and relaxing, which is so needed. So if you're a coach and you're listening right now and you're finding yourself working all day, all night in your business, even on the weekends, please stop. That's not even on my list of 10 mistakes to avoid as a new coach, which is what today's episode is all about. But truthfully, it is so important that you are nourishing, taking care of yourself. And when you don't, guys, you will find yourself out of integrity, you will find yourself depleted and you will be no good to anyone. So we'll make that the extra bonus right here. Don't do it, guys. Learn from me. I did that for a good year or so. It is not going to create any momentum in your business. I can pretty much guarantee it. All it's going to do is leave you feeling exhausted and burnt out before you even really fully get started. All right, so let's dive into today's episode. It's not going to be a long one. It's going to be a quick one. I'm going to go through what I've identified as 10 mistakes to avoid as a new coach. And I really want you to sit and just listen to them. And if you are making them, no big deal. I've made, I think, every single one of these. That's why. I guess I know them. And when you spin in the judgment of, let's say you have made one of them or you're making one currently, and instead of seeing it as a learning opportunity and you go down the shame 
spiral, it's just going to slow you down even more. So instead, what I want you to encourage you to do, notice if you're making any of these mistakes, put your hand on your heart, be really kind and compassionate to yourself. And it's time to then make a shift and a change. Get out of that cycle, get some support. All right. So if you've stepped into becoming a coach, right? which I believe is the most rewarding work I think we can probably do as a human. And it can also be some of the most challenging work because I truly believe as coaches, we go first. So that means we must be always doing our own work, taking ourselves to the next level in order to be able to help our clients. So if you can only take your clients as deep as you've gone, that means you're always going to be doing the work. So if you've signed up to be a coach, this is also what you're signing up for, which congratulations. It's amazing. And it can be challenging, but one never comes without the other. So as your business grows, the truth is so do you. So it's not like you hit a certain level in your business in the work ends. I used to think that. I used to think when I hit 100K, that would mean that I would have no longer any self-doubt and I wouldn't have any insecurities anymore. And I would feel this radiantly confident being from within and, you know, all the stuff. And the truth is, you hit 100K and you're still in so many ways you, but now you just have to extend your belief to go to the next level, which then brings up all your shit again and all your drama, which you have to go to work on. So like I mentioned, as your business grows, you do too, which means you're, it's evolving. Okay. So we all make mistakes. Honestly, it's required and it's part of the process. So please do yourself a favor and don't necessarily tell yourself you can't or that you shouldn't be. That word shouldn't be, I always say, is just another way of shitting on yourself. Let's not do that. The mistakes we make will be actually some of our biggest and greatest growth opportunities. They will enable us to transform ourselves personally and our clients to bigger, greater more, I don't even know the word, exponential levels. So that being said, let's just cover 10 mistakes that I hope that will help you self-identify and start to move through. And if you're not doing them, amazing, congratulations. So number one is thinking that all you need is a certification. Okay, look, getting certified to be a coach is a great place to start. And I highly do suggest it. However, it's also just the beginning. Most certifications will provide you with a tool, a method, or maybe two or three of them. You'll learn it in theory, right? You'll learn the theory behind it, how to use it. Unfortunately, most certifications will not give you the ample amount of time and practice to embody it to fully understand the ins and outs of it so you feel competent and confident in using that tool. The truth is, is they just, for the most part, don't lend enough time and space for it. So make sure that you're always honing your craft. 
invest in honing your craft first and foremost. It is the foundation of your coaching business. I see so many coaches that go through certification and jump right into business masterminds before they've even worked on honing and mastering their craft. And then they wonder why they go out and market and do all these things and it doesn't land because your energy guys will always speak louder than your marketing. I can guarantee it because I know I did it. So it's important that you have that competency and that confidence in your abilities first and foremost. That was number one. Number two kind of ties into number one, jumping right into marketing and sales training before you've worked on developing your skills. Look, If you don't feel competent in your abilities to lead someone to their desired results, your energy will be a mismatch for what you're saying in your marketing and sales. So when you go out and market yourself, it just doesn't land with your audience. Look, guys, energy isn't something we can see. It's the unseen world, but it is something that we can all feel. Think about it. Wi-Fi is unseen and we all feel and trust and love what it provides for us. Electricity. Oh my God, such a good one. So check in. Are you leaning more into the seen world or the unseen world? Because the unseen world is equally as important. Okay. So you must work on your competency first. Then when you go to work on your marketing, it connects with your audience. Number three, Collecting multiple certifications in different modalities or methods. Okay, I know that there's so many of you listening that might fall into this. And I was one of them too. I like to call it shiny object certification syndrome. And look, practice constraint. You don't need a ton of different coaching methods. You need one and you need to be really fucking good at it, guys. If you have shiny object syndrome with certifications, notice what you are trying to achieve. Most of the time I find coaches think this is what will make them feel confident. They're trying to achieve a certain feeling, but I'm here to tell you it's just not that way. It's not true. Confidence comes from an inner knowing. It's being able to trust yourself and trust what you know. This firm's comes honestly from doing the work yourself, practicing your skills with peers, and it comes from getting feedback and then applying it. It doesn't come from collecting more and more certifications. Okay, number four, guys, you're treating your business like a hobby. If you want to have a thriving coaching business, You must treat it like a business, guys. Decide how many hours you will work a week and then block them off in your calendar. It is important when you think about your coaching business that it's 50% of the time working in your business. I like to think about that as client calls, practicing your coaching skills, putting out value, creating content for your clients, okay? The other 50% of your business time is going to be spent on the back end of your business. That's generating leads, marketing, sales, accounting, all the stuff behind the scenes. So often I see new coaches and they think that they are treating it like a business, but they're truly not. Like you wouldn't go to, if you had a corporate right job, 
or if you worked in a hospital per se, you wouldn't just pop in and out when you felt like it. You're expected to be there at a certain time. You're expected to accomplish certain tasks throughout the day. And then you leave at a certain time. And if you're not doing this with your business right now, I want you to just stop right now, pause the podcast, get out a calendar and decide. Decide first, how many hours do you want to work in your business? Or do you want to dedicate it to your business? Then decide what are you going to spend your hours on and plug all of that into your calendar. Give everything a slot. And then here's the hardest part following through. When you follow through, you build self-trust. And this is an essential ingredient as a coach. All right. Number five, not setting aside the time for your own work, your own self-coaching. Okay. So it's essential that you are a living, breathing example of your work. So doing your own self-coaching is one way to stay in integrity. Another way is, for example, if you help clients lose weight and part of your program is helping them eat clean, are you eating clean? If part of your program is helping them to be more loving and kind to their bodies, are you being more loving and kind to your bodies? Check in. What is the work that you're helping people with? And are you practicing it on a daily basis? Are you making it a priority for yourself? I also really recommend if you're a coach that you're sitting down with yourself at least once a day and doing a check-in, checking in with yourself. How are you feeling, right? And being radically honest with yourself, journaling out how you're feeling and what's coming up for you. And then go ask yourself powerful, open-ended questions just like you would for your clients. Okay, number six, not getting coached yourself. This is a really big one, in my opinion, and not everyone's going to agree with it. Many new coaches think they can't or afford or shouldn't need coaching now that they are a coach. I believe this is a big, ginormous mistake. You are a human first. You will have your own blind spots. We all do. And if you truly value coaching, you will see the benefit in having someone supporting you through your own human journey as a human, not even just as a coach, just as a human. So right now, if you're like, no, I can't afford it, that you're sending out into the universe. And I can guarantee you, it's not going to work well for you because then other people are going to be like attracted. You're going to bring in people just like that, right? That are going to be thinking they can't afford it. So get resourceful and get support. Number seven. Thinking you should be able to do this all on your own. Look, guys, I did this in my yoga business. So if you don't know me, I owned yoga studios for almost a decade. And I did it all myself. Everything. I ran my team myself for the most part. Marketing, sales. I taught a lot of the classes myself. I did have other um, yoga teachers. But you know what happened? I got really burnt out and I ended up selling it. But here's the thing. When you believe you have to do everything yourself, that's coming from lack mentality. It's coming from believing that there's not enough money coming in. It comes from believing that no one else can do it as good as you and all sorts of other thoughts. And I want you to clean that up. The truth is that humans have not evolved to who we are today without support, 
right? When humans, when we lived in the caves, guys, and I've said this a million times, I'm going to say it again, probably be saying it till I'm blue in the face and a hundred years old. But as humans, when we lived in the cave, as women, some women took care of the kids and some women went out and picked the berries. We couldn't do it all. And guess what? You don't have to do it all either. Get support, whatever that's going to look like for you, make sure you have a strong support system. It is how you grow as an entrepreneur. It's how your business is going to create momentum. And I can guarantee you it actually speeds things up. Okay, number eight, not setting goals. Setting goals is going to keep you focused. It's going to keep you intentional about your work. The point of setting goals is not actually hitting the goal, guys. It's who you become on the way and it gives you direction. So notice if you're avoiding setting goals and if you are, I want you to go on an exploratory journey. Why? What are you afraid of? What are you not wanting to feel? Because when you're willing to feel anything and everything, that's when we actually create what we want in our lives. Hey, number nine, this is a big one. I was in this river of misery for a good year, guys, comparing yourself to other coaches in their journey. Look, guys, everyone is on their own path. Comparing yours to others is only going to send you into a dark hole of misery. I can guarantee it. Stay focused on your own work, who you want to serve, and refining your craft. Restrain, restrain, constrain on who you're following, what you're following, and check in. Check in. Are you comparing your journey to someone else's? Because no two journeys are the same. And the truth is, is we don't even really know what's going on in that other person's life. Okay. Number 10 expecting your business to feed you off the start. That doesn't sound right. Expecting your business, right, in the very beginning to provide for you from the beginning, okay? So I want you to think of your business as a baby. It is. You just birthed it. It needs a lot of love. It needs nurturing, and it needs support to grow, which also means it's going to need you to pour time, money, and energy into it. So make sure your basic needs are met in another way, okay? Not from your coaching business when you first get started. You want to be able to pour into it without adding pressure. The pressure is going to slow things down and it honestly never works. So if that means you have to go get a job waiting tables or baristing at Starbucks or working for another coach as you build your business, there's nothing wrong with it. I sure as heck have done it, and a lot of my peers have too, and I can guarantee you if you want a business that's thriving, that's full of clients, do it. Get your basic needs met, and that way you release that pressure valve and the clients have space to come in. Okay. This work you're doing is extremely valuable. It transforms lives. Guys, being a coach is an honor. So never stop honing your craft. Never stop elevating your skills as a coach. It is the foundation of your business. I cannot say it enough. Look, the best way to do that is put yourself in a supportive container where you can get practice, get feedback. You can practice giving feedback because guess what? Part of being a coach is being able to say the hard things. 
And if you're uncomfortable with that, which let's be real, most of us are, then you want to get practice at saying the hard things. And then seeing that people receive that feedback and they actually appreciate it. Okay, my friends, I love you. Have a fantastic week. Oh, and if you're listening to this in real time, you got a few more days that you can still apply to join the August group of Live Your Dharma. This is where we refine, elevate, and hone your craft. It's not about adding a lot of different methods or techniques or tools. Yes, we have them in there if you don't have them yet. This is really about refining what you do have and elevating your coaching. So your clients come to sessions and they absolutely always get what they came for, which isn't that why we're all in this. So if you're looking for support, if you're looking for a place where you can practice your coaching, where you can practice giving and receiving feedback, where you can learn how to really embody the tools as a coach, this is the place to be. All right, my friends, have a wonderful, fabulous week. Next week, I have a peer friend, mm, lover to death on the podcast, and I'm sure you're going to love the conversation. If you have any questions, don't ever hesitate to reach out to me on IG or on Facebook, or of course, you can email me in all the places. Have a wonderful week, my friends. I'll see you next time. Namaste. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Boss. If you want to learn more about my work, come visit me at rachelbethcoaching.com. That's Rachel minus the extra A, bethcoaching.com. I hope you'll have the most fantastic week. Don't forget to subscribe and review and to share this podcast with all your friends. See you next week. Namaste.